On this edition of Alberta Dugout Stories, the podcast, one-on-one chats with Atlanta Braves rising star and Calgary's own Mike Soroka and former Blue Jays pitching coach Bruce Walton. Welcome to episode 63 of Alberta Dugout Stories, the podcast. I'm Joe McFarland. A whirlwind winter at home is in store for Calgary's Mike Soroka. The Atlanta Braves All-Star isn't just waiting to find out if he'll be named the National League's Rookie of the Year, which he was named a nominee for earlier this week, but he's also started touring around our province, speaking at a number of events. This coming weekend, the 22-year-old will be the guest speaker at the Little League Alberta Coaching, Teaching, and Leadership Conference. Then the following weekend, he'll be the guest speaker at the Baseball Alberta Awards Banquet. But let's go back to this past weekend where he stopped in Jeffrey Bourne's Sidearm Nation camp at the Coyote Den in Calgary. Our own Ian Wilson sat down with Soroka to talk about the year that was, the year that's coming up, and the opportunity to speak with younger athletes in his hometown. Why don't we start with, uh, I'll start with the the question I probably want to ask the least, but tell me about your usage in the playoffs and... There is some, I guess, minor uh, controversy as to how much you pitched in the in the postseason. Did you? How did you see your usage, and did you have any issues with that? <laughs> no, I mean it's something we talked about the entire time. And as a team, when you go out and buy a pitcher like Dallas Keuchel, you're expecting him, someone that's been there before, to throw game one. He did that very well. Yeah. Um, you know, I, I think typically he's looking to throw quality outings, but when you're in the playoffs, you try not to give up runs. Yeah. And you understand that handing it over early might be where it needs to be. Um, so it's it's really about being just a new type of pitcher for yourself and for your team. It, that's what matters. So yeah. he did his job in game one. Um, you know, as a team, we didn't get it done that game. Mike threw the best game of maybe his life in the big leagues in the next game. Um and then I tried to follow suit. And everything that happened in games one, four, and five were things that weren't, did not matter who was on the mound. You know, things happened in, in that fifth game that you can't explain, it's baseball. There was more, not to say that they didn't get their hits, but sometimes baseball happens and hits fall when they shouldn't. Hits are doubles when they shouldn't even be hits at all. Uh, it seemed like everything that happened that inning in the fifth game was just baseball. Tell me, I mean, I look back on this this year for you. I'm sure you've thought about it enough. I mean, it's a crazy year. Like it's you had so much happen. You're you're a confident guy. You're a smart guy in terms of assessing your own performance. Walk me through what the you know at the beginning before the season started it was like yeah this guy might be the fifth starter mid season you're in the All Star game end of the season you're pitching very well in the postseason not to mention Cy Young talk uh, rookie of the year consideration how do you I guess how what's your assessment of the season as a whole or have you had time to to really think it through yeah it was a great year. Um... You know, I think you think it through as it happens. Yeah. Uh, there's things like the All-Star game that take a minute. Um, but I always said once you once you kind of get your feet on the ground and running in the big leagues, then it's like everyday life. Um, I feel very fortunate to have that 
opportunity to make that everyday life. You know, it's it's kind of crazy to think about that. Um, but when it talks about when I talk about being able to go out there and do what I know I can do every single every game, then I mean, there's no surprises anymore, and I think that's what you come to expect. So I, I feel like a lot of that's only motivation for next year to be able to go out there and do it again and be even better because I, I don't think just like any other year of my life, I don't think I'm as good as I'm going to be. So um, taking that attitude forward and understanding that uh, there's a lot, lot of work to be done um, gets me excited. Was there any pinch me moments or any, like you You just said there's not a lot of surprises for you, but were there times where you're like, wow, or like? <laughs> yeah, I mean the All-Star game, because yeah. uh, that's something that you don't think of to start the year at all. I don't know if many people do, because it's so dependent on your first half, right? It's yeah. not like it's a full season later and um, looking around at the talent in the league and, and realizing that, you know, you got to be one of the best starters in baseball to be on that team um, is kind of is a little bit surreal especially when you're starting the season in um, in triple a you know that's tough yeah and it's uh that's something that kind of hit me a little bit and takes a couple of weeks but um you know looking back on it that's just a reminder what you can do when everything's working Walk me through the evolution of the celebrity of Mike Soroka uh, over the over the year. You, you kind of, <laughs> you go from your name is really on the on you know, well known by the end of the season if it wasn't before. Um, did things in and around your life change a lot over the course of the year? And if so, was that difficult to manage in any aspects? Um, I'd say a little bit. Um, not so much from the people that you're with every day because. That's that's who you are. They know you for her, for who you are. Um, you know, I get to walk in here and see Roberto, and he says yeah. hi to me like <laughs> he has for the last five years the same way. So, um, you know, that's comforting to see, and and it's comforting to be in, in a in a circle of people that you know know you for who for who you are. Um, it, it's just yeah. that's a, that's how it's done. So uh, keep that circle tight and uh, understand who your friends are, who's your family. And uh, yeah, that's that's what you'll that's what you'll end up being. Yeah, you've got you've got a pretty busy calendar this month in terms yep. of doing this this camp and uh, baseball Alberta little league events. Why is that important to you to to kind of give back when you're back? You could easily just kind of you know chill out, not do any public type events. Why why does it, is it meaningful for you? Yeah, I mean it, it's I kind of had that example in Chris Reitzma, and he was somebody that. Although it was right near the end of his career, I think that there are some things that can be done um, to be able to kind of be that role model and be present. Um, and there are some times where I'm going to have to step back and say, look, I need some time for myself um, and try and not feel selfish about that because ultimately, just like anybody else, your life needs to come first when you're 22 years old. Yeah. Um, so I feel like being active uh, is important. Um, but definitely taking those kind of as they come and, and choosing which ones uh, to be present at are, are going to be important. Um, but being here for these uh, these little guys, just kind of showing showing that it can be done from here is, is important to, to just kind of spike that interest. What did you take away from, you had lots of kids coming through today, you're, you're 
talking about your journey and your experience, what uh, was there anything you took away from, you know, kind of seeing how they responded to that? Yeah, maybe a little bit. I mean, definitely there's a lot more Braves fans in Calgary than there were before. <laughs> That's nice to see. Yeah. Um, you know, I think just knowing that it, it's so close to a lot of these kids, you know, it wasn't yeah. six, seven, eight years ago that I was in their position. And, uh, you know, they can relate to that a little better than some guy who was had done it so long ago and it's just a different world so um you know to be to be that for them is pretty cool and like i said it's i know how important it was for me to have a guy like that um so if i can be that for them whether it's getting them peaked into high school baseball or college baseball or professional baseball uh whatever it might be that uh lets them love the sport that's that's what's important to me uh, last question, because I know you got yeah. a lot going on. Uh, what uh, what's kind of the priority and the, the the roadmap for the rest of the off season for you? Uh, same as it's always been, get better. I feel like a lot of people nowadays are scared to change things because they see they see results and they say, "Well, don't don't change," you know. Um, but now that you see the best in the game, you realize that change is as a necessity to stay good. Um, you know, I, I'm excited to look at things that need, need improving um, and things that I know I can get better at and want to get better at. Um, and if that means I change my style a little bit, so be it. Um, it's all about getting better because to me, if I'm not getting better, then I'm only getting worse. So Is that, uh, is that on the, sorry, I know I said last question, but is that on the mechanical side of things, mental side of things, or just everything? Everything. Everything. Yep. Physical, mental, yep. whatever it is. Does uh, the... The um, the award buzz does that resonate for you or? Uh, I mean it's cool, especially the players award stuff. Um, you know the players award stuff means a lot because it's among your peers and that means they're taking notice. Uh, especially as a rookie, that's kind of cool um, because typically as a rookie you're kind of under the shadows until uh, until you've been there for a while. So to have that recognition right away from my peers has been an honor. And, Obviously, to, to be able to look back at the end of it and, um, you know, see, see my name next to some of the names I grew up watching, um, that's pretty cool. One of the other guests at the camp was Bruce Walton. Interestingly, the former Athletics, Expos, and Rockies pitcher began his coaching career here in Alberta with the Medicine Hat Blue Jays back in 1996. A couple of years later, he was with the big league team, serving as the minor league pitching instructor, then the bullpen coach, and eventually the pitching coach. He saw some pretty good arms during his time with the Blue Jays, including Roy Halladay, Chris Carpenter, and Ricky Romero. After a bit of a hiatus from coaching, he found himself this past season with the Jacksonville Jumbo Shrimp, quite the jumping off point for his chat with Ian. Why don't we start with uh, you just coming off a season with the Jumbo Shrimp. Did you ever think you'd be a member of the, the Jumbo Shrimp? Uh, <laughs> no, I, I don't know if you ever think where baseball will take you, you know. <laughs> uh, but uh, yeah, I was a Jumbo Shrimp and uh, had a good year in Jacksonville. Yeah. Uh, tell me about how that came to be because you were kind of off uh, from the, the formal coaching side in the MLB ranks for about five, five years or so. Uh, how did it all come about that you ended up uh, pitching coach in the minor leagues again? Well, um, Gary Dimbo, um, he was with the Yankees. Uh, he was a hitting coach for the Toronto Blue Jays at one time uh, when we first met. Uh, he's in charge of player development over in Miami, and uh, he's been there for two years, and they're trying to uh, turn that club into a championship club. Uh, they traded a lot of their premier players for a lot of prospects. 
Uh, he called me up, said he wanted me in Jupiter, and I ended up in Jupiter. Awesome. Tell me about the season. How did it go? The season was great. Um, had a lot of prospects. They had Sixto Sanchez from the Phillies, who we traded JT for. Uh, just a premier pitcher, Jose Guzman, uh, Sanchez. All these guys uh, that I got are all people that are pitchers that we got in trades. And um, that's the nucleus of our, our, our rebuilding system right now. From the outside looking in, a lot you know, Miami takes a lot of heat. The Marlins take a lot, a lot of flack for some of those trades they made and some of the little prospects they got back. You're on the inside kind of looking out with them. Uh, is some of that criticism warranted or, or do you just kind of look at what you have and work with it? Uh, you know, we just look at what we have. We, I mean, we, we know what we have. Uh, you know, our, our premier players and our prospects and, and, the, and the players and pitchers that are going to make a difference for the Marlins, no one's really seen yet unless you go to Jacksonville, unless you go to Jupiter, unless you go to New Orleans. You go watch two, three, four, five players on those clubs, and then you put them all together one day, and then Marlins are going to be pretty good. Yeah. Right now in Miami, yeah, it's, it's tough going, but, but that's kind of uh, how it goes. Was it uh, tough, kind of getting back into it uh, after a bit of a hiatus from from pitching at, or from coaching at that level? No, no, not really. Um, you know, I, I worked with, uh, I went to Iowa for a couple seasons with the Cubs there, and and, ha- and had uh, a little experience with Kyle Hendricks and getting some guys ready for the major leagues. Um, then it took a couple more years off, and then, you know, this sounded it sounded really fun of building something from the ground up, uh, something that hasn't been started yet bringing new philosophies in, bringing in Gary Dimbo, Derek Jeter, uh, you know, being our captain and going to work for something like that was very intriguing for me and I did it. I understand you know Mr. Jeter as well. Is, is that true? You're, you're yes. Pretty, yeah? uh, well, he's my boss. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I mean prior to that. Prior to that, uh, I was on the other side for his whole career. Uh, for 15 years, I was either the bullpen coach or the pitching coach for the Toronto Blue Jays. We paid him, played him 16 to 20 times a year. Uh, so I knew him, uh, competed against him. Uh, very, uh, very respectful to to baseball uh, and to the other side, but you know, wanted to beat you every night. So uh, prior history, and uh, I knew that he was going to go for it the right way. Talk about that a little bit. What is the right way? We're coming off a, a World Series where uh, you know, everyone's got opinions about how the Dodgers should have done, the Astros should have done, uh, the Nationals seemingly come out of nowhere to, to win things. I don't necessarily need a full account of that, but what is what do you view as the right way of, uh, of governing this, this game at this point? Well, I, I'm, I'm more or less talking from a player development side. Yep. So when I say Derek's going to go about it the right way, he understands player development. Derek Jeter made 60 errors in A-ball. He understands uh, how important each level is, how important uh, the coaches are at the minor league level, how important it is to go from A-ball to double-A to triple-A, how that system works. Mm -hmm. So it's more or less that I know he's not going to take shortcuts. I know he's going to be patient. I I, I know that he's sitting behind his desk, and if if one of our prospects makes 50 errors, he'll he'll understand it. He'll expect him to get better. But he understands the process of development. Uh, and are you back with the? You're back for another season. I'm back for another season. Awesome. Yes. Excited about it? Very excited. <laughs> yeah, this will be uh, my third year. Um, everything's starting to take shape. Uh, a lot of the kids I had in Jupiter are now being AAA. This wave's coming. We're a couple years away. So, uh, what I'm going to be really proud about, and hopefully it goes well, uh, is 
in two or three years, all those kids in the big leagues, I'd had my hands on a little bit. Yeah. Tell me a little bit about that because uh, you're mostly known for your work with the Blue Jays. Uh, we're in a Canadian city here where uh, there's still a ton of Blue Jays fans. Miami isn't necessarily on the map as far as a lot of fans go. Uh, what what names should people be watching for? That you, some of the players you might be working with that that you think really have some some promise and and could surprise some people someday. Well, yeah, I'm with Sixto Sanchez, uh, uh, Jose Guzman. Uh, Cabrera, those are three pitchers. Uh, you got Holloway, you you, you got uh, uh, Rogers, uh, we got Garrett Braxton, Garrett. We, we got so many names and so many guys throwing the ball well in our minor leagues that we are acquired from trades or, or some of the draft picks that we've got lately. Uh, Player-wise, we got Lehman Davis, Lehman Diaz, uh, we got Jazz, Newcomb from, we've made some good trades and he's a nice shortstop. We got a lot of exciting players that that haven't got there yet. So, you know, you you look at the uh, prospect list and you go on there if you have time. Just look at the prospects in the Miami organization and uh, and they're up there without within every organization. We're in the top 100. So, is there something uh, I guess compare and contrast maybe the difference between coaching at that lower level as opposed to the major league level? I assume there are some advantages and some some real positivities about working with players of those ages rather than, you know, uh, full-on major leaguers. Of course, it's, it's, it's a big difference. I mean, uh, the level I'm at now is uh, sometimes we we sacrifice uh, results to, to get better. It's not all about results. It's not about going out there and throwing a shutout every time. It's not about, it's, it's about going out there and, and trying new things uh, in, in more of a development fashion than, than all to win when, when you're at the big league level you pretty much you're developing to win winning's a big part of the development mm-hmm. uh you can't just sit down there and go well we're working on this we're working on this don't worry about it right. well you know pretty soon they'll start worrying about it yeah. uh where we have a little bit more time yeah. tell me about a bit about uh, you've done this sidearm uh, nation camp a few times that's where i met you a couple years ago uh, what uh, what keeps you coming back to this, and why is it important to you to work with with kids, or like genuine kids, not just twenty year olds? <laughs> yeah, you know, well, well, Jeff does a great job, and um, you know, I really like what Jeff does here. I like everybody here at the Coyote Den. Uh, they really care about the kids. They they care about them having fun, uh, getting better, and and, uh, and becoming better better men, really. Uh, and I like coming out and, and working with the kids. I, I think that. I got a little bit of knowledge. I've been in it for about 35 years now. So uh, if I can just shed a little light on, on, on how simple it is to improve and then how simple little adjustments you can make uh, to have a little bit more fun, uh, then I want to show them that. You know, I want to show them everything I know. You know, I can't give them everything. Obviously, some of them are 12. So <laughs> yeah. I keep it simple. But, they might uh, have a few more coaches in between the I next keep, time. Yeah, I keep it simple for them. But at the same time... Uh, my 25-year-olds in Jacksonville, I teach like they're 12 too. So yeah. talk about that. Why? Why do you? Say because that? you got to keep it simple. Yeah. And you got to keep repeating yourself. Yeah. You can't go, okay, stay back and throw a strike, and then not say it the next day. Yeah. Don't assume that they know what they're doing. Yeah. So as a 12, pick up your clothes, make your bed, pick up your clothes, make your bed, yeah. pick up your clothes, make your bed. Yeah. Stay back, throw a strike. Stay back, throw a strike. Yeah. You have to repeat yourself 
a million times until they understand that and never assume that they understand anything. Yeah. So that's about a 12 year old. Sounds like a parent. Yeah. <laughs> uh, last, last kind of series of questions. Mike Soroka is one of the coaches here. Uh, I don't know how much you've had a chance to, to talk to him this, this weekend or pick his brain, but what did you see from him this season? It was just a tremendous season uh, for him. Oh, he had a tremendous year. I, you know, baseball is a small circle. You know, I know a lot of his coaches. I know a lot of his trainers. I know a lot of the people that he works for. I work for Alex Anthopoulos is over there. I worked for Alex for a long time. Uh, he's in a great organization. And the one thing that they've done over there is that they really haven't changed him. He has his own style of pitching, and he does it very well. And he's very confident in the style that he pitches. And uh, just just a fabulous job of handling himself on the mound during some really important games. Uh, it's not necessarily uh, how well you do in certain games, it's how well do you do during the moment in big games and do you stick to yourself and, and, and do you go out there and uh, try and prove it to the world or you try and prove it to yourself. And Mike's going out there every day just to prove to himself that he can do it. And he stays within himself very well. Very mature for his age. Uh, executes his plan very well for his age. He's fun to watch pitch, and uh, you can you can you can look at him and go if he, if he stays within himself and does what he does, he's going to pitch for a long time there. Any other predictions beyond that? What what do you see of the future for for Mike Soroka? I mean, he, he's coming off a season in which he's you know up there for the Rookie of the Year and the Cy Young. Is he you know is the sky the limit for this guy? Yeah, I, I think that. Um, He's got a very good head on his shoulders. He understands what it takes to be uh, a premier pitcher in the major leagues. Uh, I don't think that he's the kind of kid that's just going to sit on this year and go, oh, I did it. I think that he's got goals in his mind of being a really solid major league pitcher for years to come. And uh, he's going to prepare it the right way. He's going to stay healthy the right way. And you just go day to day, and I think he's got that. And then at the end of it, however it's shaped out, it's shaped out but uh, very in control of his, uh, his baseball career right now. Big thanks to both Mike and Bruce for joining us on the podcast this week. And as always, thanks to you for downloading and listening to the podcast each week. If you haven't already, drop us a rating and review wherever you listen. We are available on Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Podbean, and Spotify. Until next time, thanks again for all of your support, no matter the platform of Alberta Dugout Stories.